you know, what has been the most difficult part about whether it's today or just even the past two months, what has been most difficult for you? Um, I mean, I think the most difficult part is to see like people still don't care. And for, for this, it just continuously happened. I mean, it just shows, um, just a hate in people's heart. And I mean, I mean, that, that just sucks, you know, and being a black man in America is, is not easy. So, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I just, I wasn't there today, but I'll, I'll bounce back. I'll be fine. That was a very emotional response from New York Mets outfielder Dominic Smith. We're skipping the intro music today. This is MLB Morning Coffee on a Thursday morning. I'm Greg Mraz, your host. We're going to do the recaps as normal, but it doesn't feel right to just dive right into baseball, act like everything's okay, without talking about the events that happened yesterday in regards to the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The old adage goes that actions speak louder than words. And after the murder of George Floyd, which had followed the murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and so many unarmed African-American people at the hands of police, we saw an uprising in this country, one that I don't think we've seen since the Rodney King riots of 1992. Many could argue an uprising that we haven't seen from a social justice perspective since the civil rights movement of the 1960s and Martin Luther King. And you saw professional athletes, baseball players, basketball players, hockey players, football players, all put out messages of social justice and police reform and Black Lives Matter. You saw all of that. You saw protests all around the country and all around the world in support of George Floyd and every African-American person that was killed at the hands of a police officer. And we did a reaction episode to all of the protests a couple of months back that a lot of shows, whether they be a podcast or a radio show or a television show, they had that same tone. And I got very emotional back then because I thought that we were at a watershed moment and seeing all of the suffering and all of the injustice that was done, I thought that we were finally going to turn the corner, that society had woken up. And from a sports perspective, you saw people start to make an impact in regards to their messaging. We had Blackout Tuesday on Instagram and protests, as we said, all around the country, protests that were led by athletes. And then we saw the NBA allowing their players to put social justice slogans on the back of their jerseys and put Black Lives Matter on the court. And Major League Baseball put Black Lives Matter on the back of their pitching mounds. And there was a show of unity on opening night in solidarity with the African-American community and those that have suffered at the hands of police going outside the bounds of their duty. And I thought seriously that those messages were going to make an impact. Those words would make an impact. And for some they have, but for many they did not. And why I think 
we've gotten to the point where we're at today is because actions speak louder than words, and words weren't working. So the way that I see how everything unfolded is that you have the shooting of an unarmed black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Jacob Blake, who was reaching into his car and police shot him seven times in the back. Protests, expectedly, occurred in Kenosha against their police force. And then you see 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, again, 17 years old, from Antioch, Illinois. He's not even from Kenosha. Drives up, gets in the middle of the protests, shoots a guy, kills him, declares that I've killed somebody. Two other people try and stop him, and then he kills them too. The police let him walk through. They do nothing to apprehend him. He gets back in his car, and he drives back to Antioch, Illinois, and isn't arrested until the following morning. So the police are willing to shoot an unarmed black man seven times in the back. But a 17-year-old white kid with an AR-15 murders three people and walks through the streets of Kenosha without being apprehended by police and with people saying that it was great that vigilante justice was done. And to that I say, what the flying fuck? Are you kidding me? Where have we gotten to in society to where this is acceptable? How have we reached this point that police can continue to shoot unarmed African-American men and women, they face no repercussions, and then a 17-year-old white domestic terrorist comes up and murders three people who are protesting against police brutality against the actions of the Kenosha police, against Jacob Blake, with absolutely no repercussions, and he's only arrested in his own hometown. He leaves Wisconsin that night and goes back to Illinois, an anarchist who murdered three people. And the Milwaukee Bucks, the NBA team that plays in the same state as Kenosha, were fed up. They had had enough. And after a situation last year where one of their players, Sterling Brown, was arrested for illegally parking in a Walgreens parking lot, and then the Milwaukee Police Department wanted to give him $400,000 to stay silent. After all of that, the Bucks had said, in our home state, we've had enough. And at 1 o'clock Pacific time yesterday, 4 o'clock Eastern, the Milwaukee Bucks were still in their locker room as they were supposed to play the Orlando Magic in Game 5 of their Eastern Conference first-round series. And the Bucks never went out to the court and word got out that they were planning to boycott the game in response to the events in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And the Orlando Magic eventually left the floor. And then the NBA decided that they were all going to boycott. The Houston Rockets, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Portland Trailblazers, and the LA Lakers. And all of the playoff games that are supposed to happen today in the NBA, more than likely those games are not going to happen. So the NBA comes together on this unified front in support of the Milwaukee Bucks, who stayed in the locker room and tried to get in touch with the Wisconsin Attorney General and members of the Wisconsin State Legislature to make an effort that the police officers that shot Jacob Blake in the back were brought to justice and that this vigilante goon, who's only 17 years old, Kyle Rittenhouse, 
gets prosecuted for the crimes that he committed. A 17-year-old's life is over because this dude murdered three people, and it's his own damn fault. So I have no sympathy for that kid. The NBA had a meeting late last night in regards to what they're going to do with the rest of their season. The NBA took action on the social justice movement that they spoke of and that they promoted when they restarted the season in the Orlando bubble. The NBA players took words to action. Where does that leave Major League Baseball? And this is why I bring this up. The NBA, from an outsider's view, appears to be unified. So what's the reaction from Major League Baseball when the Milwaukee Bucks and the rest of the NBA cancel their games last night? The Milwaukee Brewers, also in the state of Wisconsin, decide that they're going to boycott their game. And the Cincinnati Reds agreed. The Brewers made a couple of pretty powerful statements. Ryan Braun and Craig Council amongst those that talked with the media about why it was the right thing to do to stand in solidarity with the Bucks, to stand in solidarity with Jacob Blake. Ryan Braun said it was the right thing to do. Craig Council said just as much. And at that point, after the Brewers had decided to boycott their game, I thought that the rest of the games that had not yet started were going to be canceled because of Major League Baseball's commitment to action and commitment to social justice. Actions speak louder than words. And if Major League Baseball and every single team had agreed not to take the field, then I think you would be applauding Major League Baseball today for showing the type of action that is committed to the advancement of social justice causes and bridging the gap of racial inequality. Sadly, that did not happen. The Seattle Mariners elected to cancel their game against the San Diego Padres. They did a boycott because the Seattle Mariners have the most African-American players on their roster of any team in Major League Baseball. The San Diego Padres agreed. The San Francisco Giants and their manager, Gabe Kapler, have been outspoken about what Black Lives Matter means and how important it is to show your support of social justice movements and to fight against police brutality. The Los Angeles Dodgers have a manager in Dave Roberts who is African-American. The Giants and the Dodgers postponed their games. But that was it. I had suspected that the Mariners were going to because of the amount of African-American players that they have on their team. And because of what Gabe Kapler had said in the past, and with him being the first manager to kneel for the National Anthem, I had thought that the Giants would do the same, as with the Dodgers. So six teams agreed to boycott their games last night. Unfortunately, the rest of Major League Baseball did not do the same. I don't think any of the teams in Major League Baseball would have even boycotted had the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA not done it beforehand. And the sad part about this is, is that the reason why you did not see more teams boycott is that Major League Baseball does not have the same empathy toward African Americans that the NBA does. The NBA is a majority African American league. Major League Baseball is 8% African American. One player from the Chicago Cubs elected to opt out and boycotted their game against the Detroit Tigers. Who was that? It was their lone African-American position player, Jason Hayward. 
No other Cubs said, hey, you know what? Maybe it would be a good idea to stand in solidarity with our teammate, with our brother, with somebody that by all accounts is an emotional and spiritual leader of that team. Dexter Fowler was the only position player that opted out of the Cardinals game against the Kansas City Royals. Jack Flaherty stood in solidarity with him, but Jack Flaherty's a starting pitcher and he was not going to pitch in that game. Maybe it would have shown a stronger movement if the rest of the Cardinals had said, hey, we're going to boycott the game in solidarity with our brother and our teammate Dexter Fowler. Matt Kemp was the only Colorado Rocky that boycotted their game against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And as far as I know, he is the only black player in their starting lineup. I'm not sure, but I'd have to double check. Do you see the problem here? We knew the Brewers were going to boycott. The Reds went along with it. We knew the Mariners were going to boycott because they have the highest percentage of African-American players of any team in Major League Baseball. You knew that. And you knew that because of the way that Gabe Kapler, Dave Roberts, and both of those teams, the Giants and the Dodgers, felt about this, that they were going to boycott. And they did. So why didn't the rest of Major League Baseball do the same? You want to know my answer? My cynical answer is that a lot of these players, mainly the white players, don't care. They don't care because it doesn't affect them. And you know what? White people are a part of the problem. Here's how the typical white person acts in a situation like this. And I'm not trying to paint broad strokes. There are a lot of white people that have a lot of empathy for what is going on in the African-American community. And they take words to action just like these players did. And just like anybody that has been protesting over the course of the last few months. For a lot of white people... They don't care if it doesn't directly affect them. And that is the bottom line of Major League Baseball, is that you have a demographic that is not directly affected by this. There are tons of players that are never going to know what it's like to be black in America. I will never know what it's like to be black in America. Nor will I ever be able to understand the African-American experience in this country. But there are enough people out there who have. There are enough people out there, like Dominic Smith of the New York Mets, who we played that audio of him, crying as he is trying to get through that press conference, clearly disturbed by everything that has gone on. Doc Rivers, the coach for the Los Angeles Clippers last night, made a very powerful speech. You know what? We're going to play that speech for you right now. What stands out to me is... um just, just watching the Republican uh, convention, and this, they're spewing this fear, right? Like, all you hear Donald Trump and all of them talking about fear. We're the ones getting killed. We're the ones getting shot. Uh, we're the ones that we're denied to live in certain communities. Um, we've been hung. We've been shot, and. All you do is keep hearing about fear. It's it's amazing to me why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. And 
It's just, it's really so sad. Like, I should just be a coach. And it's so often reminded of my color. You know, it's just really sad. We got to do better. Uh, but we got to demand better. Like, we got, you know, it's, it's funny. We protest and they send riot guards, right? Uh, they send people in riot outfits. They go to Michigan with guns and they're spitting on cops and nothing happens. The training has to change in the police force. The unions have to be taken down in the police force. My dad was a cop. I believe in good cops. We're not trying to defund the police and take all their money away. We're trying to get them to protect us just like they protect everybody else. Uh, I didn't want to talk about it before the game because it's so hard Like to just keep watching it. That video, if, if you watch that video, you don't need to be black to be outraged. You, don't, you need to be American and outraged. And how dare the Republicans talk about fear? We're the ones that need to be scared. We're the ones having to talk every, to every black child. What white father has to give his son a talk about being careful if you get pulled over? Look, I don't care how you stand politically. He's right. He is 100% right. Don't project fear. Project unity. And the fact of the matter is, be proud of the Brewers. Be proud of the Reds. Be proud of the Mariners. Be proud of the Padres. Be proud of the Giants and be proud of the Dodgers for showing a unified front in support of social justice movements, racial equality, the fight against police brutality, and in support of Jacob Blake, George Floyd, and every other unarmed African-American person in this country that has been affected by senseless police violence. This is the statement that Major League Baseball put out in regards to the postponements of the games. Major League Baseball issued the following statement tonight following the postponements of scheduled games in Milwaukee, San Diego, and San Francisco. Given the pain in the communities of Wisconsin and beyond following the shooting of Jacob Blake, we respect the decisions of a number of players not to play tonight. Major League Baseball remains united for change in our society, and we will be allies in the fight to end racism and injustice. Blah, 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 blah. That was barely 100 words. You have an eight-paragraph press release saying that you just signed a contract with Scott's to be your official grass provider or something like that, but you can't put out more than just that? Shame on you, Major League Baseball, and shame on Rob Manfred, and shame on the rest of these teams for not showing solidarity with the six teams that decided to do what was right given the circumstances of the time. Maybe I'm interpreting this wrong, but by these teams, the teams that played, by not showing solidarity with the rest of the teams that did not play, it is showing a lack of empathy and a lack of caring for what is going on in society right now. That's my opinion. There are not enough people in Major League Baseball who care. And clearly, you can contrast that with the NBA 
and see that everyone cares. Every player cares. Yesterday was a watershed moment in the sports world. In the country in general, we have never seen teams boycott a game because of social justice issues. Bill Russell boycotted a game back in 1961, but never have we seen a team, and now multiple teams, boycott games because of social justice issues. It was remarkable. It was powerful. It spoke to how loud one's voice can carry when they put words into action. And I hope that Major League Baseball and these teams, if they take the field today, will find a way to show solidarity in ways that many of them did not yesterday. The White Sox and the Pirates, that was a day game. That game had already started before the Bucks had canceled their game. But sadly, Major League Baseball was not going to be the entity that started this boycott. Major League Baseball was not the organization that said, you can put social justice messages on your jerseys. That was the NBA. Major League Baseball doesn't have Black Lives Matter in big paint across all of their outfields. The NBA has Black Lives Matter on every one of their courts right at center court. I love baseball. I love rooting for baseball. But when it comes to racial issues and equality and social justice and, quite frankly, the culture of equality within the clubhouse, Major League Baseball is really far behind the NBA. And the NFL. Look, baseball has a serious problem with redneck culture. It has for years. Baseball is a sport that over time developed a redneck culture. And one of the reasons why you don't see the same solidarity and unity in Major League Baseball as you do the NBA is that there really is no redneck in the NBA. At least there isn't any redneck now. Maybe there was a long time ago. There was redneck everywhere. There's really no redneck in the NBA now. There's still a lot of redneck in baseball. And I'm not just saying Major League Baseball. All kinds of baseball. All levels of baseball. There's a redneck culture. I've seen it. I'm not going to say people specifically because I don't believe in the environments where I was at that it was very pervasive. But I've seen it, and it's because of that and because of the low amounts of African Americans that play baseball that it was not surprising to me that the rest of Major League Baseball decided to play. And you know what? To all of the white players out there that are speaking messages of social justice on teams that did not boycott but had players on their teams that did boycott, shame on you. I'm not saying you're a bad person, but shame on you. Have a little bit of introspection in regards to what you should have done. What many Chicago Cubs should have done. What every St. Louis Cardinal player should have done. And props to Jack Flaherty, who is a white male that took the stance that Dexter Fowler did. Because Jack Flaherty cares. And maybe a lot of people will say that I'm off base on this. I don't care. On this platform, it is my responsibility to speak what I think is right. And what is right is justice for all, racial equality, and to ensure that every time a black man 
goes out into the streets or is driving a car, he doesn't have to worry about getting shot by a police officer. This is not talking about the game on the field, but Major League Baseball players today decided that social justice and the fight for racial equality were more important than playing nine innings. It's just the damn facts. And the fact that the NBA was first to the party shows you what their league thinks about social justice movements and Black Lives Matter and the fight for racial equality and the fight against police brutality. You can't say the same thing about the entirety of Major League Baseball. And in lieu of that, we're just going to give you a whip-around version of what happened in Major League Baseball yesterday. It is not worth my time or my energy to dedicate full highlight packages to everything that happened in the games yesterday. It's not that important. I will dedicate the time to the full recaps when it is worth dedicating the time. And given the environment and given what happened yesterday, it would be foolish of me to dedicate a half hour's worth of time, not just in production. There's more production time that goes into it than that. You guys have no idea how much it takes to put the full scope of this podcast together. It is not worth my time to talk about games that more than likely should not have been played yesterday. That's a damn fact. If Major League Baseball had wanted to do the right thing, they would have said, we are all boycotting the games. And I don't know if that's MLB's right to do that, but the players should have taken it upon themselves. Every last one of them. To those that did, good on you. To those that didn't, have some perspective on what you did and if you would have changed your mind. I bet a lot of people probably would have. And if players had a chance to do it over again, they more than likely would have said, we're not playing. Dominic Smith played, and you could tell, based on that audio we played straight off the top of the show, Dominic Smith was hurting. He was hurting real bad. And he said he's going to be all right. Well, maybe he's just saying that. I don't know who in the African-American community is going to be all right until police stop killing African-American citizens. And look, I'm a white man. I'm never going to have the same perspective as anybody in the African-American community because I'll never be a black man. But I've seen enough at this point to know that what's going on in regards to how police are treating African-Americans, something has to be done, and every American citizen must heed the call to create change. Regardless of your race, you are negligent as a member of society if you do not take action to make your world, your community, a better place. And right now, making our communities a better place is making sure that they are safe for everyone. The fight for racial equality will continue to go on. But I hope that at this watershed moment in American history, people will finally heed the call that have not heeded it before. Black Lives Matter. Here's a quick scoreboard whip around of yesterday. White Sox beat the Tigers 10-3 at Guaranteed Rate Field. White Sox 19-12, Pirates 7-19. Dallas Keuchel the win, he is 5-2. 
Trevor Williams, the loss. He is one and five. Keuchel, six innings of two-run baseball, four hits, three walks, seven strikeouts. Williams, eight runs on nine hits in six innings, two walks and three strikeouts. Homers for the White Sox, Danny Mendick is third. Edwin Encarnacion is fifth. Eloy Jimenez is tenth. Jose Abreu is twelfth. Eric Gonzalez hit his second homer for Pittsburgh. Yankees and Braves had a doubleheader. Braves took both games. 5-1 in game one. 2-1 2-1 in Game 2, Atlanta 18-12, New York 16-11. Winning pitcher in Game 1 for Atlanta, Ian Anderson, he is 1-0. He goes six innings of one-hit baseball, one run, two walks, and six strikeouts. Garrett Cole takes the loss, he is 4-1. Five runs on five hits in five innings, two walks, and nine strikeouts. Homers for Atlanta in the first game, Ronald Acuna Jr., his fifth. Marcelo Zuna, his eighth. For the Yankees, Luke Voigt hit his 11th. In game two, Max Freed was the winner. He's 5-0. Six innings of one-run baseball, four hits, one walk, and five strikeouts. Chad Green takes the loss. He is 2-1. Two, two runs on two hits, no walks, and two strikeouts. Freddie Freeman hit the go-ahead homer in the bottom of the sixth inning, his fifth of the year, a two-run blast. Yankees did not have a homer in game two. Phillies beat Washington 3-2 in Washington. Philadelphia 12-14, Washington 11-17. Aaron Nola the win, he is 3-2. Seven innings for him of two-run baseball, five hits, two walks, and eight strikeouts. Will Harris the loss for Washington, he is 0-1. One run on three hits in an inning, no walks, and one strikeout. Brandon Workman the save for Philly, his sixth. One scoreless inning, two hits allowed, no walks, and two strikeouts. For the Phillies, their lone homer came from Reese Hoskins, a solo shot in the third, his third. Juan Soto hit his eighth homer of the year for Washington. That was in the second inning. Toronto over Boston, 9-1. Toronto, 15-14. Boston, 10-21. The winning pitcher for Toronto, Shun Yamaguchi, he is 1-2. Four innings of one-run baseball out of the bullpen. Two hits, two walks, and two strikeouts. Colton Brewer with the loss. He is 0-2. Four runs on five hits in three and two-thirds innings. Two walks and four strikeouts. Blue Jays hit three homers in the game. Randall Gritchick his eighth. Rowdy Telez hit two. He's got six on the year. Mitch Moreland hit his eighth for Boston. Rays over the Orioles 4-3. to Tampa is 21-11. and Baltimore 14 and 16. Ryan Sheriff picks up the win. He is 1 and 0, one scoreless inning for him. The loss goes to Michael Givens. He is 0 and 1, one run in an inning and a third, no walks and three strikeouts. Save to Diego Castillo, his first. He pitches a scoreless ninth. Rays get the go ahead run in the bottom of the 8th inning thanks to Michael Perez's first homer of the season. Brandon Lau hit his 10th of the year for Tampa as well. Onward to Detroit, Tigers edge the Cubs 7 to 6. Joe Jimenez gets the win. He is 1 and 1. Ryan Tapera takes the loss. He is 0 and 1. Tigers are now 13 and 16. Cubs are 18 and 12. Only homer in the game was from Kyle Schwarber. He hit his 6th for Chicago, but the Tigers had 18 hits. 3 hit games each for Jonathan Scope. Miguel Cabrera, Cameron Mabin, and Austin Romine. Every player except for one 
had at least one hit for Detroit. Indians double up the Twins 6-3. Cleveland is now just a half game back of Minnesota. Indians are 19-12. Twins are 22-12. Phil Matan gets the win. He is 2-0, an inning and two-thirds of scoreless relief out of the Cleveland bullpen. Sergio Romo with the loss. He is 0-1. He goes a third of an inning, allows three runs on two hits, one walk, and no strikeouts. The save to Brad Hand, his ninth. He pitches a perfect ninth inning for Cleveland. Homers for the Indians. Jose Ramirez hits his sixth. That was off of Jose Barrios, a three-run shot in the third inning. Max Kepler hit his seventh off of Mike Clevenger in the first inning. Onward to New York. Mets over the Marlins 5-3. New York 13-16. Miami 14-12. Brad Brack gets the win. He is 1-0 out of the Mets' bullpen. He goes one and a third innings of scoreless relief. One walk and one strikeout. Nick Vincent takes the loss. He is 1-2. He allows one run on two hits in one inning of work. No walks and no strikeouts. The Mets scored the go-ahead run in the bottom of the eighth inning on a Wilson Ramos RBI single. Homers in the game. There was one. Check it, two. Michael Conforto for the Mets, his fifth. Brandon Nimmo for the Mets, his fifth as well. A's edged the Texas Rangers 3-1. to one. Oakland is an American League best 22-10. Texas is 11-19. Mike fires the win. He is 4-1. Fires goes six innings of one-run baseball. That run was unearned. Three hits allowed, two walks and seven strikeouts. Colby Allard the loss for Texas. He is 0-3. He allows two runs on one hit. He walks four, strikes out five in five and a third innings of work. Liam Hendricks picks up his 10th save for Oakland. He pitches a perfect ninth with two strikeouts. There were no homers in the game for Oakland. The only player with multiple hits was Steven Piscotty. He goes two for five with an RBI and a run scored. A's got two runs in the sixth and one in the eighth. Cardinals edged the Royals 6-5. to five. They scored four in the bottom of the ninth inning to walk off Kansas City. Alex Reyes gets the win. He is 1-0. He allows two runs in two innings, two hits allowed, two walks, and two strikeouts. Randy Rosario takes the loss for Kansas City. He is 0-1. He does not record an out. He allows one run on one hit, walks two, doesn't strike out anybody. Trevor Rosenthal technically gets the hold, even though he could have qualified as having a blown save. He allows three runs on one hit in an inning and a third. He walks three. Check that two, strikes out four. This game was dramatic. The walk-off play for the Cardinals came courtesy of Colton Wong, a walk-off walk. Cardinals had no homers. Cam Gallagher hit his first for Kansas City. Ryan McBroom, his fourth for the Royals. Colorado beat Arizona 8-7 at Chase Field. Colorado is back over 500. They are 16 and 15. Arizona is 13 and 19. John Gray with the win. He is two and three. He allows one run on three hits in six innings, three walks and five strikeouts. Robbie Ray with the loss. He is one and four. Two runs on two hits in four innings, six walks and eight strikeouts. Robbie Ray. I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to be in that Diamondbacks rotation. He's got to have one of the higher walk rates in all of baseball. Jeff Hoffman with the save, his first. He pitches a third of an inning, 
Diamondbacks scored two in the eighth and four in the ninth. Rockies had a 3-1 lead going into the top of the eighth inning. They scored five. Arizona came back with six unanswered. Homers in the game for Colorado. Charlie Blackman, his fourth for Sam Hilliard, his fourth as well. No homers in the game for Arizona. That is it for the whip around. We're going to take a quick look now at today's ball games. By the way, I failed to mention that there were four games postponed yesterday, not three. The Astros and the Angels were supposed to play their game at 12:10 Central Time. Because of Hurricane Laura, they decided to postpone that game. They're going to make it up on September 5th. By the time that you're listening to this, wherever you may be listening, Hurricane Laura probably has already touched down off the coast of Texas and Louisiana. It is already one of the most powerful hurricanes in the history of the United States. It's already more powerful than Katrina, more than likely is going to end up being a Category 5 and could stay a Category 1 all the way up into Little Rock, Arkansas. Just please keep everybody down there in your thoughts. Hopefully as many people as possible were able to evacuate. I sincerely hope that nobody stayed behind. That would be stupid in my opinion, but there is about to be another natural disaster in the United States. We had the derecho that went through Iowa and western Illinois. We have all of the wildfires in northern California, and now we're going to have one of the most powerful hurricanes in the history of the United States strike land in Texas and Louisiana. So please keep everybody in those states in your thoughts. It's been a rough year for a lot of people, myself included. So make sure that you're thinking about everybody down there. But again, here are today's ball games. We're going to do this for you quick. Mariners and Padres are going to play a doubleheader because of the boycott from last night. They will get started at 12-10 Pacific time. You say Kikuchi in game one for Seattle, Garrett Richards in game one for San Diego. No starters in game two yet. Pirates at the Cardinals at 1-15 Mountain Time, 2-10 Central Time. Chad Cool for Pittsburgh, KK Kim for St. Louis. They are doing a doubleheader, by the way. So game two will be Cody Ponce for Pittsburgh. Johan Ovedo goes for St. Louis. That is one of the many makeup doubleheaders that the Cardinals are going to have. Dodgers and Giants will play a doubleheader because of their boycott of last night's games. Game one will start at 105 Pacific time. Walker Bueller for L.A., Logan Webb for San Francisco. Neither starter for game two has been announced. Brewers and Reds are going to play a doubleheader because of their boycotts. Wade Miley for Cincinnati, Josh Lindblom for Milwaukee in game one. Starters yet to be announced in game two. Rockies at the Diamondbacks at 3:10 Pacific time. Kyle Freeland for Colorado, Zach Gallen for Arizona. A's at the Rangers at 4:37 Mountain Time, 5:37 Central Time. Chris Bassett for Oakland. It'll be Jordy Lyles for Texas. In Buffalo, the Red Sox at the Blue Jays. Chris Mazza for Boston. Hinjin Ryu for Toronto. That is at 637 Eastern time. 637 Eastern in Washington. Phillies at Nationals. It'll be Spencer Howard for Philly. Max Scherzer for Washington. 640 Eastern time in Tampa. Baltimore is playing the Rays. John Means for Baltimore. Going for Tampa, Ryan Yarbrough. 7-10 Eastern time in Detroit. Twins at Tigers. Randy Dobnak for Minnesota. 
Matthew Boyd for Detroit. Marlins at Met, 7-10 Eastern time. Sixto Sanchez for Miami. Starter yet to be announced for Detroit. That's it for this edition of MLB Morning Coffee. I know that it was not very baseball-focused. I know we were talking about larger issues at hand, but look. As Sean Doolittle said months ago, and we quoted that here on this podcast, sports are the reward of a functioning society. And right now, in any facet of society, in many facets, not any facet, in many facets of society, we are not a functioning society right now. If you can't address the larger issues of the world, even within the world of sports, you're not a well-rounded individual. I try to be a well-rounded individual. I pride myself on educating myself on all of the issues at hand in our world. And I sincerely hope that the best is lying ahead of us. But it is going to take us as a society waking up to our problems. I thought that we had woken up before. I was really encouraged. I am not going to be encouraged unless we take words to action. Because as far as I'm concerned, not many people in the grand scope of society are as concerned as they should be. That's all for now.